If we couldn't say fuck, we couldn't talk about Mario Party. Hi everyone, welcome to another week of Stay A While and Listen. The whole crew is here. We got uh, Matt and Candice. Yay! Woohoo! And we're going to talk about one of our adult conversations again. Uh, multiplayer hobbies, not shitting on everyone's fun, don't be that guy, part two. Wait, 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 wait. So we're just talking as adults now? Well, what were all the previous ones? No, I said again. 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 Yeah, I get a cookie after this one. Well, no, wait, I don't. I'm an adult. I don't get a cookie after this one. Wait a minute. Why am I you, talking? He's been getting cookies? No. He does. He doesn't get cookies. He gets, uh, I, I bribed his husband to pay him with sexual favors. That's what we call cookies. It makes rating a cookie I'm very awkward. I'm still not getting sense. cookies over here. I've I offered. Can't help you can't, you. <laughs> you, you, something about you're married to somebody else and I'm married to somebody else. You didn't want them from I me. I see a package of Nutter Butters right over there on that uh, table, buddy. That you can't porn. eat on the show. Didn't say it was what? on the show. <laughs> Okay, everybody, okay. if this starts internet rumors, yes, that's fine. You can get cookies after the show. Oh, sweet. But okay. I have to give them to you. All right. It's peanut butter. There we go. All right. It's a win. <laughs> okay, so, tonight's topic. No, seriously. You, tell, you walk into the gaming store, you pull up to a table for open game night, you pull up to a table for uh, Magic Gathering Commander Pods, you pull up to a War Machine table, and you got that guy. And he's that guy that he's doing something that's, whether it's power creep at the table at the gamers table or net decking to the extreme at Magic the Gathering or, I don't know, just bought more expensive pieces than everybody else with Warhammer. Yeah, there's net listing on well, war games. Or yeah. with Warhammer, you can usually find that guy being the one that remeasures everything that you do. Yes. The the yeah. the guy that's rolling his dice behind the terrain, but every time that you know you're rolling, he's stepping over like what what wait what that, was that actually a six? Oh yeah, the, yeah, you the are pedantic you fair fuck. person who yes. you really start to wonder. I don't think he's being fair. <laughs> the, yeah. the pedant, the pedant, nine times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna take a good swing at some of my favorite type of people. Because uh, power gamers become this type of person. Oy. But <laughs> if you're if you're fucking up the fun for everybody, if you've got that stacks deck and, and you shot everybody down and you got them locked down to where they can't fucking play the game anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then no one wants you. Yeah. <laughs> so the question is how to lose. That's a damn good start. A, a good starting point is definitely: do you win? Do you win with grace, and do you lose with dignity? Yep. If if you're losing, is there some so much salt in the air that people's skin is getting dry and cracked around you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and one of the things about it too is that you notice most of the people that can't handle losing very well also are horrible winners that are braggadocious. Oh yeah. It, it becomes that the game is not about the game. The game is about winning. And at what cost that you might not have a friend group left. Like, everybody's been to one of these places that has that gets that warning. Like, you sit down at a table, and someone else will walk up to you and be like, you don't need to play against him. He's a horrible winner and a sore loser. You're just going to have a lot of hard time finding a group of friends. So you're really defeating yourself in the game. you got to put it in perspective. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I have a daughter. She's 10. We are definitely dealing with the lose gracefully, win gracefully, lose with dignity, win with dignity. Which, how do you do that when she mostly plays against the computer? Uh, this is this is Mario Party. We don't play Mario Party. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, no. When we sit down and play, we sit down and play board games, and those are the. That's when it definitely has to. Now, kiddo, you're you're screwing things up for everybody. You're making mama not want to play with you. Now, kiddo, you won by lucky dice rolls. This isn't the thing to be dancing and screaming about. You're going to make people not want to play with you. I think, yeah, I think one of the things when you're talking about people who don't win gracefully is the difference between realizing that you won through an act of chance versus you're better. Hey, oh, yeah. I am better. I played the card that says Matt loses the game. Uh, well, but you said it didn't uh, count because it could be sharpied on it. You were playing a black deck. <laughs> Five million counter spell. <laughs> I mean, I was playing black too. I think we all had black at the table. Yes, we night. did. We did. Actually. It was a fun game. That was kind of interesting. But no, but yeah. I mean, like, for instance, we could take tonight's game into example. You could be a sore loser about it because you kept drawing nothing. Ah, I got mana screwed. Yeah, and then you had I no blew mana. up your hand. And so it's going to feel bad. The game's not going to feel fun because you're not playing the game. But at the same time, you've got to realize, whenever you play things like that, that that's going to happen. Probability comes into play with it the same way with War Machines. I've gotten on streaks where I'm rolling horrible and I'm just losing men left and right. Whoever's rolling against me is getting hot doubles. And I have apologized before for rolling three sixes on an attack on a large beast. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh... I I did not expect a, oh I just oh I just took out two columns which in that game means two things are crippled and whatever I'm attacking is no longer efficient anymore and it's like oh the way I see didn't it didn't expect that to happen the way I see it is you know I could you be know. salty about tonight's magic game but she's already said that I can give her cookies and that just makes everything yeah, better so. exactly but like yeah but the- I also like tried <laughs> to murder everything of yours on coin flips and like. Oh, came of, up nothing. That was so frustrating. It, okay, was how happy. many how many things did we flip on? How many creatures did okay, you have? Okay, eight. To, like, to set this up as an audio medium, since y'all weren't there. Yes. My my deck uh, uses right now a general that is new. Where whenever he mutates onto something, uh, you get free shit out of your yeah. graveyard. What's, the, what's his name? You might know it. It's Nethroy, uh, the apex of death. He's okay. playing the Bailante version. So yes. I have on the field. It's yeah. easier to Google as Nether. But I have on the field. Let's see, one, two, three. But they might know it here. It helps six, eliminate seven. things. I had nine creatures on the field. At this point, I made I a misplay. Two names actually, and I had released Rakdos, the the showstopper. The showstopper. So he's coin flippy. Enter the battlefield, jank. Yeah. So before I could get a chance to attack, I had done a move that had. Destroyed an enchantment, keeping that at bay. It comes onto the field. Of all nine flips, only one thing died. Two. Two, Two things. things died. Yeah, well, Two one things th- died, and you sacked one to itself to avoid the death. Yeah. No, the, I mean, not to avoid the death, but to... Uh, no, I let the giraffe's messenger die, because it hasn't died. It just automatically comes back and then yeah. pokes someone with a hot poker. But yeah, 
you know, if you hadn't have poked her like you like with that, then you wouldn't have had enough to kill her, and you would have uh, killed me yeah. first. That's so true. that ended up that made a big difference that in the actually game. Did. So random. Yeah, I'm but, sorry, folks online. Don't know what ha- the hell happened. It just happened. But that's the thing is that that game could have gone either way. If I had won, it's not because of my skill in that point, because I'd made the mistake to let loose. And the fact that she lost wasn't because she lacked skill in comparison to me. No. Those were coin flips. Yes. If she had gotten every single one of those, my army would have been gone. I would have been crippled. I have seen Rakdos go off on coin flips like that and leave everything but two creatures on the field on like 14 flips. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's. That's the thing. I'm playing We're a playing chance a fun deck. Game. We're playing a fun game. I, I enjoy my stupid chance deck, even oh. though sometimes it fails. And, and realize skill level comes into play somewhat with games. But no matter how skilled you are, you still can lose. So if you can lose, if you can win, if you can lose because of chance, because everyone who's a salty loser, have you ever noticed the first thing they go to is what deficiencies happened in the deck that was out of their control? Mm-hmm. So once you win, though, Remember, what those deficiencies, deficiencies happening to them, to them, that were made them their lose. control. So don't be braggadocious because it isn't all your skill. And when you lose, don't be mad at yourself or mad at others because chance is a big part of both board games, card games, all kinds of things. So the first thing to do before you have the adult conversation with your playgroup is remember it's a game. You're there to have some fun. Also, if you Definitely. do get that salty, something that I've done before is literally. I'm threatens I, people with knives for Mario Party. Oh, that's true. She that that's Mario Party, and that doesn't count. Someone made a contract with the devil to make Mario Party. You can't help with its pull. It will it, pull you into the exactly. the elder gods' embrace. No, is stand ups. Make an excuse. Go to the bathroom. Take a minute. You know, wash your hands. Whatever, but come back. And just clear your head a little bit so that you can look at that person and at least shake their hand. Yeah. Remember they're a friend. Yeah. Unless they're a stranger. And if they're a stranger, remember they're a person. Yes. We play group games, right? Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to play a group game, I hate to say it, this podcast focuses on group activities. We really yeah, fairly much. Alright, we don't talk about things that we can sit in a corner and do play by ourselves. Because guess what? The sad truth about everybody at this table, the sad truth about every hobby, whether we want to admit it or not, is they are group activities. Yeah. Oh, the one of the ones that was hard for me to deal with, just to be absolutely honest, my wife, my mother-in-law are like, oh, you, you've got to be happy during this whole quarantine thing, right? Because you can just hide in the living room and play computer games all you want, right? Let me let you in on a dark secret. I may be a shy nerd, but guess what? I'm an extrovert. Yeah, you need to interact. I charge my batteries from dealing with people. Well, and here's another thing. During the quarantine... that weird in-between person. During the quarantine, one of the things... I'm an introvert. But you know what you can't do? If you're... You have no drive to continue to build decks if you don't know you're going to play them. Until I started being able to go out and play again, I didn't go back to starting building decks. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I'm an introvert, but still, what's the point? I can just read a book. That's not a hobby. We have hobbies that all of our hobbies are group activities. You want to know why? Because people are group animals. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Introvert, extrovert, you still have a social need. You do. It's on It's on Maslow's hierarchy. It is, <laughs> indeed. 
or you're that weird in between person that you needs... still need people. I I do need people, but I also need lots of me time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, that that's the other thing is that especially if you're an introvert or like you, that you need a lot of me time, you want the quality of those experiences with other people to be good. Yes. Yes. And I, I can I can tell you this like there have been games that are like D and D, like mm-hmm. for mainly for me, it's like Vampire the Masquerade. But there's games that I didn't want to go to because I knew one or two people would be there, and I know I would be fighting an uphill battle with them for some dumb pedant, you know, rule yeah. or mm-hmm. some dumb complaining that the world wasn't fair to them when they're not being treated like a Mary Sue by the GM. I love my wife. My wife wants my house to always have a game room. A room for playing the games, and she wants me to always have a room that's open and available in its mind for social events. Now she does it in her own way because she doesn't want me going off and going away for twelve hours at a time to go play my games with other people. Yeah. She wants me to have it here at my house. But one of the reasons I enjoy that is it does let me selectively screen. Yeah. Who am I going to invite to my table? Mm-hmm. And if you're that guy. You're not getting the invite. Well, and and I'll I'll add on to that because recently, in our house, we were able to get a large wooden sort of round table and set up our game room. Before that, we were hosting it at a friend's house, and the problem is, is when that friend becomes that person, yeah, the rest of our group dwindled off. Yeah, and doesn't that play friend, anymore? That friend doesn't know that we still host them now. Now that we have our our house up and running, that friend doesn't know that because, am I going to want that friend? Or no. four other friends. Yeah. And sometimes that that place, that friend, is actually that place. That's what happened with our group. Where we used to play, just everyone got pissed. Like, the environment just was no longer there. And, you know, my husband and I were like, you know... We already have this open space in our apartment because we keep it open for VR. And we can just go pick up some folding tables from Walmart, set that shit up. You're going to come over, you're going to sit on the couches. Sorry, somebody might fall asleep because it's a couch. But it's not that place that made it toxic. Another interesting phenomenon with that is that we have a game that we used to play with that group all the time. But we don't play anymore. That stink of that toxic group. And I invested money into this game. This is a board game. What game? Scythe. I have all the expansions to Scythe. I love Scythe. I love Scythe. We'll play Scythe with you. But this group group got to the point where it's just these two people at their house. And me and Austin. Because no one else was there. And it was through the Legacy campaign that people just started falling off. And eventually we just got the game and stuff back because we made up an excuse that we're like, oh, we have friends that are coming into town, and we want to play Scythe with them. Scythe is set in our room the whole time. Nobody's wanting to pick it up because everybody remembers these people playing it and hating it. Well, we, we, we're, like that. we're game people. You can yeah. come play oh, yeah. with us. I'm worried about it happening with my new favorite game, which is Root, because we have a guy who... Yeah. The problem is, is Root's asymmetric, so each one of the different factions plays differently, and he reads the rule book, and he's one of those people that will just claim everyone's doing it wrong after they've read the rule book. He doesn't remember it well enough to make those claims. And so we've had to put down Root for a while and pick up Dune and be like, you don't get to read the rule book. We'll tell you how it works. 
You know the one I want to see? I want to get a group of friends together. Alright? It needs to be a group of friends. It needs to be really good friends. You know, those special type of good friends that you don't mind if they crash on your couch. Yeah. Because people might crash on your couch after this. Okay? See, see the stack of my daughter's games over there? Yeah. That top game, Spooky Stairs. Yes. Was that drunk? That's exactly it. I'd do it. I want it on alcohol. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd host that in a heartbeat. You know what game I want to play? But i got to find a, a group of people that are hardcore enough to play it. I can't. It's something Empire, but it's a space game. The average time on the box is six hours. Ooh. And the game rules get voted on by who owns so many planets. I can guarantee like a you Patrick would love that game. Yeah. The game that he wants to play that no one ever will because it takes too long and it takes too long to set up. Access and Allies. I've played the shit out of that game. He you win Access to... and Allies when the other person wants to go home. That's <laughs> how you win that game. He wants to play that game so badly with our group. And I have one friend of, I'll play it only if when I come over, the game is already set up and someone has made breakfast for me. And it's like... If that person loses his kneecaps. If that person gets disinvited and if you need to borrow the katana, <laughs> he can lose some body parts. For it, was, it was like, um, that sounds a little bit entitled, but okay. Bringing it back to topic, I bet that person's a bad loser. I bet he's one of that guy. I bet he is one of that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, just a little bit, eh? Yeah, just you start doing bit. the mental math, all of a sudden you realize he's been that guy, at least in one other situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can say it out oh, loud. You're yeah. not a, you, got, you haven't expressed, expressed his name on this podcast. We're not going to libel 100%. anybody. 100%. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, here's the thing, too, is that uh, you notice people that are bad losers often try to stack the deck via the rules or via conditions for playing the game to where they're more likely to win. They're also more likely to cheat. So if you find a person... A, who hits the Dunning Kruger effect like a strong man at a, at a Ferris wheel, at a, not a Ferris, at a fair, um, yeah, more than likely, they're going to be bad when they, sad when they lose, and they're going to be upset when they lose, because they're only in it to win, and they're going to cheat their way to it, they're going to try to uh, be a pedant about it until the, someone gives up and gives them a ruling that's in their favor, they're going yeah. to claim other people are cheating yep. to get things taken back. Yep. They're going to go in it saying that they're better than they are just to intimidate you people. Ever, okay. On that, you ever notice that that guy is also a lot of times a rules lawyer? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because, because they're, oh, trying yeah. To, they're trying to twist them to their favor because they're looking yeah. for every advantage they can get because, like we've said, they're in it for the winning. Yeah, the oh. devil's in the details. And here's the thing. Not every single board game is well-versed in their rules. They're there no. for fun, and a lot of these are Kickstarters. If you're dealing with board games, it's a lot of Kickstarter. And so you're not going to have as many people reading over the rules every single time. And you but, know what? Yeah. Finish your statement, sorry. But the thing about it is, is that when people made the game, they made it because they wanted people to have fun. And you they have enough rules it. to have fun. They made the game because, oh, we did something stupid at the table, and we had fun as our little group. And yeah. we didn't think about all the different rules for all the different actions. We just had fun enough with this, so we'll codify the rules that we need to get it playable and send it out into the world. Yeah, like, yeah. I'll give you an example. We had a guy, I'm going back to Root, okay? One of the factions in Root is the Rebellion. And they're the Woodland Rebellion, so they're tiny little bunnies and mice. This is the cutest game of the most cutthroat play. <laughs> Anyways, they put out influence tokens in different towns, and when they have a Rebellion, it explodes. And then they can kill whatever's on there and everything. Well. 
he wanted to take over one of the empires, the cats, and they have a uh, a keep, right? Well, now I'm worried that we can't play root together. Why? You and I will be fighting over who gets to play cat. Yeah, the the Marquis de Cat. Oh no! Definitely going to be people fighting over who gets to play the cat. Well, anyways, are there cute wolves or foxes? Are there bunnies? There are bunnies. Would have been rebellion. Foxes, you'd have a better luck. I think there's a fox that is one of the vagabonds. Okay, so see, then maybe we can agree to, to, okay. to, to do secondary right. picks. But we'll trade off the cat. We'll both cat people. But he, cat he wanted people. to blow up the cat's keep using an Stuffed info token. And like, thing. all buildings are destroyed. And we're like, yes, but it says in the rules that the cats, unless you walk in and destroy it, you can't destroy their keep. It's a building. Well, technically it's not a building. They didn't build it. It's not a well, building. It's the keep. Yeah, they're like, well, it's a it's a piece. So any piece should be, and I was like, see, in the rules it says, and so we sent for 20 minutes about it, we're like, this doesn't fit the flow of the game. You can't just blow up the keep with this. You're going to have to walk in and take it. They made that stipulation because they can't rebuild the keep if you take it. Mm-hmm. But it's also not a building that can be blown up and then easily replaced. That's why they didn't think someone would try to blow it up like that. You're just suicide bombing it in a really weird rules way, and then you won't let it go when that thing doesn't blow. So yeah. we're back to, we're back to again, you have to have good people at your table, but um, guys, to me, this doesn't seem fair. Does anybody think this seems fair? Okay, no, yes, go, yes, okay, we got enough votes, we're going to do it this way, and we'll look it up later. Yeah, an agreed upon, people have to be able to agree upon it to make it work, and when you have that one person that will gainsay anything, I know. See, that's when, again... Okay, here's the thing. Players at the table, cast your vote. Yeah. All right, good. Are we stuck? No, we're still stuck. Okay, then we're playing at my house. I'll make the rule. What? That couple. Oh, yeah. One feeds the other. Mm -hmm. I, I have had a game that I never played before, Descent. Any of you guys play it? Descent's pretty good. Yeah. I heard good things about this game. It was ruined. Because mm. I go into the campaign, and it's being hosted by one of our friends at their house, you know, so the the husband is, is being the GM or whatever it's called yeah. in that game. You know, the wife is playing as one of the characters. I'm brought in to take someone else's place because, you know, life happened, work happened, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking up their face. 2020 happened. That that's that should be enough. <laughs> no, this was a while ago. But so you know, I I walk in and I'm like, okay, this is how the game works. These are the basic rules. This is the character I have. It's low level enough that okay, this this is how this player's was rolling this character. All right, cool. At the offset of it that I didn't know happened is the person that was GMing made. The house rule, basically, where we're, you need one of each archetype mm. and only had access to these ones. And you basically, it was the old, yes, we all know that this one sucks, but you have to play it because you need to have one of each archetype. And then nobody when, wants to play the cleric. Oh, it was like sad. the grave something or like the sneaks like there is an obvious power difference and like Yeah, design difference. You know, better 
one is better at being played with this one, but, you know, if you have two ranged characters, you're not allowed to have two ranged characters, even though these two play really well and would have given, you know, and this is the guy that every off week, because it was played more like a campaign, mm-hmm. went through and would go online and find out the best ways to beat the people in the dungeon. Oh. That's the other thing. Though, and would that placate. That guy is more willing to cheat. And would not... It wasn't cheating because it was... These were all the cards that were available to me. Yeah, but, you know... So they're also more willing to throw people under the bus. Yeah. And, and it was the, you know... His wife was playing... I think it was the cleric. So it was... You can be frontline B-face. You can also be stand back Healy. And she wanted to be both. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I don't have Healy bits. I'm just a frontline beat stick. And you're kind of taking my, my equipment. Oh, yeah. So I'm here being a half beat stick. This could be way more effective if we work together. This is where I want to. And I left that with. I don't like this game, and I'm not playing games with them as couples again. Yeah, this is where no. I'm going to pop in on the on the whole. Is your fun going to kill everybody else's fun? Mm. Because as a power gamer, I can speak too. I can build a character that can kill. I'm putting out uh, 45 uh, damage per round. Nobody else is killing anything after my initiative. Well, then I just turned into the Brian and his sidekick show, and nobody wants to play a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. but here every, was the every thing. Every game has that, yeah. We technically won the campaign. Yeah, but you didn't feel But you didn't it. feel like you won. No. You felt like you watched them win. You watched somebody else win. That and it, sucks. And it wasn't even we watched them win. It was in that game, you're supposed to be able to go into all the nooks and crannies and find the chests and get the treasures and then go and beat up on some monsters and, you know, beat up the boss before, you know, the slime falls out. Whatever the campaign thing yeah. mechanic is going on there. But it was such a beat your dick against the brick wall campaign to just get struggle find a way to get to the end of it. We didn't get any of the treasures. We didn't get, like, we got the minimum experience. And I was like, well, we scraped by the, uh, by the skin of our teeth. And I was like, you beat the guy at the end. But did we? <laughs> did we win? Did we have our fun? No. Well, they had their fun. They got to kill the monsters. There's another... There's another... Uh, no yeah. at the table had fun. Yeah. You know who you had just... fun? The DM going, and I play this, and I play another power skill, and I go mythic, and this thing does a whirlwindy effect, and we're sitting here going. Oh. When the adventurers are like, let's just turn around and leave this dude to his sad little hovel. Yeah. Nobody wants to fight him now. Yeah. Well, well, one of the ones that's happened to me is we had this 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 couple that when we play board games, if they weren't winning, they went through phases. If they weren't winning, they complain about the rules. If the rules didn't help them, they complained about the game design. If the game design didn't help them, they then lost interest and messed with their phones. Like they'd check out. If you've ever had the person that when they lose, they throw a huff and check out. I can't deal with that. Like, 
games aren't only for for a lot of people games need to be fun when you're both winning and losing the game design needs to encourage you to have a comeback mechanic yeah because yeah. like a lot of fighting games do that but there's some board games that if you get behind people just give up yeah and they could win it and they don't see how they could win it they but, check out yeah they just check out now because the game is too hard or Really, really quickly. I will I'm, check out for a moment to gather myself so I don't go off in a huff. I, and I'm going to go ahead and be the devil's advocate. You know. Uh, when you're playing a large group of people at a table and you're playing you're hitting, playing an RPG with six or seven people because it's mostly a social game and all of a sudden you're doing combat and things do get fiddly or you got one guy using his yeah. vampire powers and things get fiddly and half the table checks out on their phone. Sometimes that's just because things got fiddling. Yeah, it's and like a waiting room effect. Sometimes, you know, some people are checking out on their phone to kind of help metagame. Metagate the yeah. metagame. Yeah. Uh, you know. It, when it, you're texting someone else at the table with, hey, I bet if we, instead of just being like, hey, Matt. I mm-hmm. bet we can overthrow what the GM's doing. Yeah. And no, that's that's absolutely it, awesome, you know? too. Uh, but I, I mean, like, you know, when I'm playing with a bunch of new people and we're playing 3.5 D&D, yeah. uh, you want to know how to make that build work a little bit better? No, thank you. Okay, cool. Great. To avoid becoming that guy, Hey, in order to have your fun, you need to do this, this, and this. Sometimes I need to, okay, they're taking their turn. I'm going to play a hand of solitaire on my phone mm-hmm. so I'm not stepping over them. Yeah, that's true. And th- there's times and that, that you can mitigate your own faults when you do that. Because I find myself... I'm not trying to say, if you're playing with your phone at my table, I'm not going to get offended. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I had a character basically rewritten one time because it wasn't optimized. Well, yeah, and, and even sucks. in, like, bringing in something I understand a little bit is, like, it's even in Magic. Like, I have to watch myself because if I sit near a new player who has a deck, they love that deck, and it's a horrible deck, it's, like, right out of the box, i got to keep from going, you know, if you had this, this, and this card, you that card you're probably just take out because I don't know what cards are their favorite because of the art or the flavor or the creature that it is. Or, you know. I'm not going to go trample on how they want to play the game. Or their lack of understanding of how a card actually functions. Yeah. I don't want to go trampling just immediately on people's Me. people's deck ideas and things like that. I want them to build it and enjoy it. And even if you have a suboptimal card, okay. And even if you take longer on your turns... Fine. Oh, I, I don't. Do. I don't take that long because I might have played the deck that I built a million and one times. So I just know what I'm going to do next with it. Someone who's new with the deck is sitting there going, "What can I do?" They're new to the deck. Don't trample on them. They're not being bad. They're just learning and new at it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, wait until the the secret weapon deck that's being built. Yes, that was tapping the table. I'm sorry, people. Yeah. That secret weapon deck that's being built, uh, Matt. When I but do, I still need to get you the mazes in for because oh, no, 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 it's it's not gonna. The mazes in is for something else. Oh, okay. Um, that's going to a stall deck that's just being built to see if I can make a stall deck in Magic. Oh, you can. But uh, <laughs> when, this is what you play for a stall. <laughs> but for that deck that's being built, I guarantee you. The first time I play it, 
I hope that it impresses your, your, oh, I like this thought. Yeah. But I guarantee you, because it's got funky-ass timing, there's going to be at least one turn that if it goes the way I want it to, and we're going to take a five seconds to do this right. <laughs> oh, and, and here's another thing. You know a good person at the table? If they help you play the game right when you're confused. Like, yeah. for instance, if you had a timing issue, and you're like, I don't want to, and you're like, wait a second, I did that wrong, can I backpedal it? I'm not in a tournament. Sure, I'm going to see what you wanted to do with this. Damn skippy. But if I was just in it to win it, I'd be like, sorry, you can't take that back. You've already declared and gone past that phase. So, uh, in response, I'm going to blow up, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like, like and the, be a the game we were talking about earlier tonight, the one that we played earlier tonight, where I said, hey, uh, I'm saying this now just so I don't fuck up and miss the timing. Every creature hits the table. I have the option of making you ping for one, ping for one for each of them. I was like, okay. Yeah, and my thing of every time that something dies, I don't want to interrupt when people are talking. So I'm like, and because everything died, I get to scry one and I get a counter thingy. And, well, and, and this is how it's a good table. Yeah. Because Matt says, okay, that's great. I'll just count them all up. And I, every time he was like, and this thing dies, and I said, do you remember to scry? Yeah. Yeah. Because we're yeah, planning like, to have fun. Even the game before when I had uh, I had a Ristic Study on the board. Yeah. And do you want to pay one extra or I draw a card? It's annoying saying that. But I'd feel worse if I was just like... Interrupt. Interrupt. Draw a card. Interrupt. Or just draw a card and not say anything because yeah. they might not know the Ristic Study is there. And you I could, forget about it. Yeah. It's yeah. happened in Commander. And, and I could just be a jerk about it and be like, well, you have the ability to read the card. You should remember it yourself. It's not my responsibility to remind you that Ristic Study is a thing. No, it's not. But in in um, what's uh, competitive? Yeah, you should be aware of what your opponents are up to. But yeah, competitive casual, is different. But casual. But we're yeah. dining dining room table. Yeah, because <laughs> casual. How, how we should other, have fun. Yeah, how the I'm other almost person... asking on every card. What's that do? Yeah. What's that do? How would what's the person feel if it goes around a couple times and then one of y'all said, "How do you have so many cards in your hand?" Well, I've just been drawing off for a six study because y'all keep forgetting the trigger. Oh, yeah, that's a good way to not make that's friends. That's a good way to be a jerk. Yeah. That's a good way to be that guy. To be yep. that guy. Is just take advantage of people's ignorance because they're newer to the game or haven't ever seen your card before. Mm-hmm. One of the things in Magic with that guy, you'll also notice, they'll play a card, they'll not declare what it is or what it does, and then if you go to read it, or they'll try to hide it behind other cards, because they don't want you to shoot it, and they don't want you to know what it does, because they're going to ambush you or something. Mm-hmm. Be open. Be okay if someone shoots your one combo piece. Yeah. It, like if the... you have something on the field, like if you put a sanguine blood on the field... Bond. Bond. Yeah. It's exquisite blood and sanguine bond. It Thank took you. me a while to remember the differences, but now that I've got it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember which one does which. I just know if I have both of them. And I do uh, something, I win. Bond gives I know you the do, life but, link. Yeah. Blood gives you the damage. Yeah. Put them together and you go infinite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you see one, you generally kind of stare at it until you can get rid of it because you're like, that needs they, to die. Do they have the other half of it? Are they just in it for the one tick damage? Mm-hmm. You know? The really sad truth is in that vampire game, functioning on half of it, not going infinite, is quite comfy and exactly where I want to be. Because it's it's built to be a I ping you for one I life gain like, I, I life link gain a gain one and I'm slowly building up a potent fighting force. Or you know what else that guy does? Hmm. That guy sees your combo, 
and says, you should be running this. This is better than what you have. Yeah. And he doesn't yeah. know that people don't have that knowledge yet. Or, or they don't have, they don't that, have money. that money. Or that yeah. money, yeah. Like, I could I could look at, like, say your vampire deck. I'm pretty sure because magic has a lot of redundancy in it. Mm-hmm. I could find you a card that does it way more efficiently at the, the cost of 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how would you like it if every single time you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good combo, but you need this, this, and this to really make it work well. Yeah, no I shit. I don't have the Fuck money, off. asshole. Well, like, I always hate it because I used to run an elf deck, and I traded out the, the guy's cradle because... $300 for a land just makes me itch inside. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a miser before I'm a gamer. Like, I'm a Scrooge. But, so I traded off with some other cards, and I remember playing an elf deck, and I had a guy that would sit next to me. It didn't matter if I win or lose with this elf deck. Every time he'd be like, yeah, it'd be a better deck if you had a guy's cradle. And I eventually was like, I had a guy's cradle on it. This is still a fun deck. Without one card, it didn't make this yeah. deck stop functioning. Could you stop harping on a $330 card? <laughs> The last time you came over and we traded, and I was like, oh, you got an asceticism. That's a great card. I want one of those so bad. You know why I don't have one of those cards? They're it's... fucking expensive, and I buy all my cards on the secondary market. Yeah. We... You got whereas... lucky on a good draw. Yeah, whereas we are like, hmm, we have both good functioning jobs. We're on top of our bills. Do we feel like treating ourselves? Yes, let's buy a box. So we buy a box, we sit down, we open up cards, and we look at them, and then we put together a binder that turns into trade fodder that helps other friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things... Healthy like, healthy trading is part of a healthy community, and you don't get healthy trading if people don't like each other. Well, mm-hmm. and one of the things that how to be not that guy is... And this is one thing I learned, and I mean, I could say this, and this, y'all, y'all on the other end of this have never met me. But if you trade with me and you really want something... Man, sometimes I'll give it for less than trade. Sometimes I'll just hand cards to people. You, you have fucking handed me at least $40 worth of individual cards. You, well, yeah, but you know why? Because you want me happy and playing the game yeah, with you. because I'm never going to use them. And guess what? I would rather have someone happily playing cards than being a miser and being like, mm, well, I mean, you want oh. this card, but I don't see enough value in your binder for what I would want. Oh, and you fucking asshole, you handed me that Dragon's Throne of whatever, of the Tarkir oh, yeah. or whatever. Tarkir? Yeah, yeah. I found a good use for that. Oh, yeah, that one is even expensive. No, is, no. But, but it's a good card. It's but a good card. You wanted me to throw it in elves, and I just didn't like it in elves. And <laughs> I, I almost was like... I, I ran it in elves, but that's because I had... I almost yeah. felt bad because it's like, oh, I like this card. I just don't. It just doesn't have the right mouthfeel for this elf deck. I don't like it. I, I, I don't want to. Should I give it back to him because he gave me a foil and it's nice? But no, I found a good use for well, it. And here's another thing: knowing me, if you'd given it back to me, I would have been confused because <laughs> I probably forgotten I'd given it to you. Like for instance, I'm pretty sure one of you I've traded that sanguine part of that sanguine bond exquisite blood to the twenty dollar part. No. Because I think you might have gotten one of the trades. And I remember later on going, I need to build that. I don't know where it went. I probably gave it to someone. You did give me one of your cards that you want. You were like, I need to order a new card. I was like, you gave me that card a couple weeks ago. And you're like, oh, damn. But it wasn't the Blood Bond. It was something that did end up in the Elf deck. I think it might have been might have been a stupid cheap card. It might have been Thousand Year Elixir. Yeah, and then I... You wanted it for something and, else. Just went off and bought me another one. Yeah, yeah, I know, like, the one big trade that sticks in my mind with between you and I like was the uh, World Bee Tutor. Yeah. Oh, no, that's where that went. Because I was looking yeah. at one of my decks and I was like, oh, I don't know that World Bee Tutor anymore. Yeah. Oh, well. No, that's living in the elf, the elf deck. 
like the dragon deck. Yeah, but that's just a good card, and you know what? I can find another worldly tutor. These cards aren't impossible, but I would rather someone have a functioning deck because there's nothing worse in Magic than wanting to have a good deck, playing with people that have better decks than you, and never being able to get anywhere with it. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and, I used to be a miserly Yu-Gi-Oh player, okay? But here's the thing. When it first started, I had all the damn cards. All right, I, I I was buying for my brothers, I was buying for me, I was buying for my friends, and instead of them taking it home, they just float back into my binder collection. Huh. So when I came back to the game, I had a lot of value, mm-hmm. but I didn't have what I want. Yeah. And what I want didn't work anymore because the game had evolved. Yeah. So I did do a lot of trades until I got good decks. All right. And there were two decks that'll tell you about when I was playing. Spellbooks was crazy good, mm-hmm. and it was expensive, and I got the deck via trading from my old stuff to the getting the spellbooks. And then the Exceeds Harpy cards came out, yeah. and I bought, I bought those cards, and I got those cards, and I got lucky in my backdoor pretend I've always been building a Harpy deck. I've always got eight different ways to build this thing. And it became a thing because those three exceeds made it tournament viable, made it yeah. world championship viable. Mm-hmm. So this playmat I've had since this card centers on it became a card. All of a sudden, oh shit! This guy actually knows what he's talking about because oh, I have those three exceeds, and it went from a pauper's deck to an eight hundred dollar deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and like that—that's one of the things I remember when we first met. Well, when we first met, but when we first got to know each other. Yeah, when we first actually we, you were interacted. Like, I was like, I, I play Magic. You're like, I play Yu-Gi-Oh! And I was like, all right, I've played Yu-Gi-Oh! in the past. I'm like, pull up a deck. So I just pulled up two decks that were cheaper, but I knew were efficient back in the day. Yeah. And I don't know what's happened to one of them. My Karakuri, that I don't honestly know. It probably been cleaned up. I still know where my Light Swords are. Yeah. But, like, it was easy to be like, okay, cool, here. Let's yeah, just do let's that. let's just do this. I have a token deck that is still legal as far as I know. It's stupid, and it only goes off one in three chance. <laughs> but when it goes off on that third chance, it's hilarious. Yeah, I would never take it to a tournament. But I if I ever go to any anime convention ever again, I'll that play. deck's going in my bag. Just because if somebody's playing Yu-Gi-Oh, I'll play a pickup game with that, and I don't have to worry about the new rules and the new sets and the new whatever, oh, yeah. because the deck's... But that's the thing, is like how you treat the community, how you treat, how you foster the community says more about you than whether you win or lose. Because most people, like, I still play against a lot of people in EDH. You know what? I can, I lose. I lose more than people think I do. Because here's the deal. I don't throw a fit about it when I lose. I'm not known for being a sore loser. I'm known for being able to sit down and have fun with. Mm Mm-hmm. And if your deck wins, cool. Shuffle up. I want to see it again. Just don't blow up the goat. Yeah, don't blow up the goat. But (laughs) there's some decks that I have that... I'm going to kill that goat. (laughs) There's some decks that I have that are actually not good decks. They're fun decks. I still remember building an Ayula Bear Tribal deck. And I played that for two months and won maybe one out of every 20 games that I played with it. But nobody remembers the games that I lose because they remember who I am. They remember that you had fun. And I had fun. And I ended up just handing that deck to someone after I was done. I was like, all right, I'm done with this deck. Here, have it. And that person's gone on to build a better version of it, so I'm not jealous. 
They burn a vest, and they've gotten more fun out of it than I could keep getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, like okay, like what are we doing right now with these oh, one thousand yes. cards of randomness? A thousand randomness the, challenge, the cardboard yes. poop challenge. <laughs> <laughs> we knew what we were getting. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's just be absolutely honest. This is cool stuff, ink dross. This is the chaff. This is what's left they're, at the bottom of the tray. They are selling a lot of thousand cards with twenty five rares and a hundred lands for twenty bucks on eBay. Mm-hmm. I bought three of them. Crack them open. Check your rares. Go through and look for any other legendaries that might be in the chafe. Chaff. Because I got lucky on that. <laughs> and build a deck. Yeah. This is your limit. Yep. We, we can trade trading. with each other. Mm-hmm. But. but no outside influence. No binders. Nothing else was had to be in these cool stuff boxes. Yeah, and is it gonna be effective, efficient? No. 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 Is this going to be a fun night? Yes. Yes. Because essentially, to me, this is like when we were teenagers. And yeah, that's exactly go, what it is. We would it go to, like, you know, yeah, the game store, yeah. go Walmart, whatever, drugstore, wherever, grab packs, open them up, go, oh, that's a cool looking card. And then you'd build it because you had the card. So, you know, you know, oh, I've got this red stuff and I think I can do this and I think I can blow them up. Yeah, goblins. It feels you like know? it feels like the first couple times you went to draft. Oh, yeah. yeah. But back when draft wasn't this hyper-efficiency mode Oh no, shit. Yeah. Well, and it's sort of like, uh, um, I still have it because you'll see, uh, there, there's, and I've talked I've talked to these two about it before, but there's phases of your knowledge when it comes to EDH. Yeah. The first thing you build is what looks cool to you, what looks fun. And usually it's tribal, because you, you, you associate with one thing, you're like, I love dragons. I love owls. I love. I never want to shit on those kind of people because they're building a deck because it's cool. Like one of the weirdest ones that can crop out of that that didn't happen to either one of y'all is there's people that will actually build art decks, meaning they will only use cards from a certain artist. These decks never work. They're weird. They don't have win cons. <laughs> they sit down on the table and look at their prettiness. They're the most narcissistic decks because they look at themselves and go, ooh. And I remember I had a friend, and one of the best artists in Magic's history, in my opinion, is Rebecca Gurry. Oh, her stuff is amazing. It's amazing. And she did a lot of stuff with elves and a lot of green-white stuff. And So they had a five-color commander. I don't remember if it was a Rebecca Gurry one, because she didn't do as much art with legendary stuff later on down the line. But all this beautiful art. They never won, but I'm never going to get mad at them for it, because that's how they decided to play the game. The game, to them is building beautiful decks. I'm not going to tell them how to play Magic. The closest thing to that I have considered is like, what would happen if I just built a deck that no matter what the card was, it either needs like Liliana in the name or Liliana in the art mm-hmm. or something oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, oh, a Planeswalker theme? Like, yeah. All, what I, I, fell in, I almost fell into that trap, okay? I, I got... Lucky uh, lucky draw, so to speak, in one of the uh, random cubes at Walmart had a had a Chandra Planeswalker in it. And it was like, oh, this is interesting. I want to read up on her. 
Mm-hmm. And then I got hooked on something that's in the story of the character. It's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, now I want to make a deck with all the Chandra named cards. One of my yeah. favorite decks that I ever saw, and it, you couldn't see it during play, but if you laid it all out, he could show you it. It was a story deck. And back, way back in the day, the most important person that ever kicked off the novels, that ever novelized any of magic lore, was a person named Urza. Yeah. Yes. And he had a ship called the Weatherlight. Yeah. And he yeah. had different crew members. You can get the Weatherlight as a vehicle. Yeah, you, you can. You can also get the opposing one. You now can get Urza himself as a, as a commander. Yeah. And so he has the Urza commander, and his whole deck is the story of Urza. That's cool. From start to deck. That is That's so cool. Awesome. And this deck doesn't work at all. That doesn't work at all. <laughs> That's awesome, though. I but like you that. see it, and you see like the different commanders, uh, the different like the ship driver. You yeah. know, when the weatherlight comes back, whenever it comes back into play, and you have like Slimefoot, who's like I- I've built a Slimefoot deck, and it's just a little fungus. You can build it with all that, but technically, he was a stowaway on the weatherlight. Yeah, that's cool. And so you can get him in the play, and he's on the weatherlight. And then you can play Mira, and you can play the time shifted Mira who turned dark in the alternate storyline, and you can play. And it's just this representation of Magic's first real story. That's awesome. Of the story of the rise and fall of Urza. I would want and that it's an amazing deck, deck framed in like an order yeah, to tell can, that story. You can do it in order because yeah. if you read the novels, a lot of the yeah. cards that are in that deck are pivotal moments that That's happen awesome. in the it's book. So cool. That is a very cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, the deck doesn't work for shit for playing, but I'm never going to fault him because that is one hell of a way to do magic. And, you know, if I was him, I would never take that deck apart. When he's done with it, that's when you frame it up and put it on the wall. The worst part is I've wanted to build that deck, but I can't bring myself to build that deck because it wasn't my idea. Because he did it first. He did it first and he did it best. And I'm like, man, I don't want to copy that. No, so then instead of building that deck as a play deck, build as a playlist and then frame it. Yeah. yeah. One of the other ones that like you can do a story on is you can do the story of the Slivers. Yes. And so you can start with a Sliver Queen and start with how it ends there. And then he would do it with this. I don't know if you could do it with the Slivers, but they would have different parts where, you know, one of the artifacts that makes Slivers is when the Vidalkins learned mm-hmm. you could make Slivers and how that affected the war of them and what the Slivers went on to do and what they evolved into. Well... Uh, we're coming up on almost an hour's worth of conversation, and I can tell we have a lot more that we could want to say. Yeah. So instead, I'm gonna kind of tell everybody get their get their last final advice thought together. Is this part one of two? You think? I don't know. We might be at, at the very least expect this discussion to bleed over some. Here's an idea. So we've talked about casual. Yeah. And not being that guy. But what about competitive, when you have to be that guy? How can you gracefully be a rules Nazi? How can you kindly be the pedant? How can you kindly let someone make a mistake and have to take advantage of it? Because once you get into a tournament, that guy is the guy that ends up winning. If your goal is winning, because we've kind of pretty much solved that the guy, the idea is to have fun. But there's a realm in which Winning is the point of having fun. Yes, it is. How do you be that guy when that guy is the when guy it's that wins? No longer the kitchen table. Yeah. I don't know if there's a whole episode there. I, I don't we know. Can let people I don't know, but I certainly want. got an idea on it. I got an opinion. 
Well, as we much did. as this is great uh, fodder for at least the thought of another episode, we're going to table it for right now because uh, we've got about nine, ten minutes left in the, okay. the episode, and then maybe ten minutes after that if we stretch the episode. So, final thoughts of fun, final stories you want to get out, and we definitely will talk about the idea of this off the air because that sounds like an episode nugget. In brewing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a nugget. I don't know. It's. It's in the ground. It's, it it might gonna, sprout. It might not. We'll either have to sprout it or refine it. We'll have to figure this out here See, out later. These are some grounds of an idea that smell really nice, but you're not sure if you want a cup of coffee right now. Well, I can give a final thought. Condensed down to what I think. If, if you want to continue to have friends, if you want to continue to enjoy the table, that should be reason enough not to be that guy. Remember that... What you do, all choices, and this is on a philosophical level, I won't talk about it, but all choices have effects. And in the end, what you're going for is enjoyment and happiness. What's going to honestly bring that more often and more regularly? Do that. Because that guy is going to be lonely after a while. He's not going to have friends that want to play with him. And he's going to lose interest in hobbies when they cook him out, kick him out. Because we all know that guy. And he jumps from hobbies to hobbies. He jumps from friend group to friend group. And he never really has fun. Yeah. I'm going to kind of point out... Again, this is me throwing my weight on the table. The, the RPGs this is where I come from. If your fun is preventing somebody else from having fun, mm -hmm. maybe it's time to take a look at your fun. Yeah. Uh, if you make the skill monkey rogue that has plus 15 to every skill check ever, well, then the fighter who only has three skills and two of them are climbing and swimming, maybe it's not time for you to roll on his animal handling check. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe it's his chance to have his moment to shine. And if you're making the rest of this group, if you're making everybody else watch you win the game, you're taking power gaming too far. And the best way to do that sort of thing is I'll assist. Oh, yeah. There are ways to help out people. There are ways to do things. But one of them is realizing, as a group, we're doing stuff. If I'm hogging that spotlight, whether it's GM time, whether it's I'm always the one rolling the rolls, whether it's the I'm the one that's always winning. And yes, that even means I'm advocating sometimes, you know, if you like to build your games to a certain efficiency and, oh my god, every this card grants card advantage and this card grants card advantage and I've got to build it to just perfect numerically, well, maybe it's time to build something for fun. Build a concept that's just, this might not work. Jank. Mm -hmm. This might not work, but it's just to see if I can do it once and play that for a cycle or for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Just because it gets you out of being the target, so to speak. Not not dumping on Matt. Okay? Where are y'all about to play a deck that doesn't know what it's doing? So. Uh, not dumping on Matt, but we play a little pre-game game while we talk about what we're going to talk about on the episode and get some of our thoughts together. And Matt is currently winning four weeks in a row, three weeks in a row. Something like that. Something like every that. Every time I've sat at the table, apparently. Yeah, every it's, time you sat at the table. This was week three so far. I am not knocking Matt, but I'm going to be absolutely honest. 
when we sat down to play this week. Oh, I'm mana screwed. I'm just going to try and be a thorn in Matt's side. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> because we're friends. But that effect, had it continued for a long time, had this been week eight or something, and there's that one guy that's terribly losing and that one guy that's on the win streak, you know their emotions start to come into play and things start to get to that awkward state. So if you are on a winning streak, I'm not saying go on a losing streak, but that's when it's time to, okay, uh, Slivers has kicked everybody's face into the dirt. I need yeah, to go ahead and play a different deck. That. I need to play a different deck. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not even retiring your favorite deck, it's just... Take a break. Take a break from it. Play something else. Yeah, if, you're, if your favorite deck hurts other people, or not even hurt, if your favorite deck is at a level that's so far above other people, they really shouldn't be testing out their new decks against, against this deck this repeatedly deck. just smashing into a wall. They're not going to have fun after a while. And you're not going to grow either because you got stagnant at piloting that same deck. Yeah, because that deck doesn't need to improve to beat these other decks. So what are you learning about this deck? Nothing. Yeah. So, if your fun is hurting other people's fun, if you're hog hogging the limelight, maybe that's the time to step back. That's my final thought. Your turn. And do weirdly kind of go opposite of what you both are saying, but in my opinion is equally valid if everyone else is agreed upon of what they're enjoying as their fun and you're sitting there going I just wanted to be a little bit more lax, I didn't I'm not so much go 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 win 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 know that sometimes it's okay to step away and just go you know you guys are having your own fun. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to play a video game. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to go wander off and do something else. Because you guys are having fun. You got a thing going on already. I'm just sitting here getting salty. I'm just going to end up being that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to be the opposite end of that guy. That's a damn good point. Because, because if you go to a gaming table and they're playing power game optimized characters. Yeah. And you want to roll up with your... uh halfling bard who's got a great backstory and a funny shtick he might not fit into that table of optimizers is no, it the not. optimizer's fault no. no it's not and if you roll up to the role-playing table where they want you to have a tragic backstory and all you know is that you've got a 10 foot uh, large creature with a with a two-handed uh chain with a uh, double-headed chain yeah maybe you don't fit in that group yeah no <laughs> no when you are that guy no when it's time to step away and you may just because this was my experience a couple weeks ago we were all playing games like i have two different sets of friend group uh where one half really enjoys casual the other half really kind of weighs a little bit closer to the we want to push we want to win we want to be the best that we can i lean a little bit more casual mm -hmm. and i'm sitting at the go 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 win 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 table we're all friends. They all like me. I like all of them. And at the end of the night, I just had to say to myself, this ain't for me. Mm. I didn't have fun with this tonight. Mm. So the next time they come over, I'm not going to be an asshole, but I'm going to be, hey, don't, didn't you want to join this week? No, thanks. I'm going to step out because this isn't my cup of tea. And that's fine, too. 
uh, sneak over here and work on our thousand card deck to try and get ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Shh. It's the secret plan. They're not allowed to know. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've covered at least a good chunk of some of that guy. And we've got some ideas on some other talks about that guy. But we've also wasted entirely too much of your time already. <laughs> no, that was me stealing a line from another podcast. I was going to say, wasted? Yeah. Well, that's their choice. <laughs> no, that, that, they that, could have pushed pause. <laughs> that was straight up a shout out to another podcast. Uh, good people. Uh, I know, I'm a fucking you, nerd. You ass kissing whore. I'm a fucking nerd and I'm trying hard. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, we're coming up on almost doing this for half a year. Feel hmm. free to drop us a line. Facebook, uh, Twitter, email, the website. Fucking even rate us on iTunes if you want to. I don't care. Yeah. Also, are we uh, season two yet? No, we got... Uh, episode 26 will be the last episode of the first season. And then we'll start. A, we'll officially announce a season two. And maybe I'll throw up a survey or something tell us how we did. What are we on? Episode 23 or something? Like this that? is going to be episode 22 when it's in the can. Woo! So, uh, yeah. Because 26 episodes and we do episodes uh, once a week, that'll hit us the halfway point of a year. So, and it also fits the general, like, length of a TV series season, which is what I first was thinking when I slapped season one on the beginning <laughs> of the episodes. I I just like the idea that we'll be half the year and then half the year and be able to start again January. Not one, but, you know, yeah. for, First week of January again with season three. The fact that it's just half and half and half because otherwise you get that weird like two week gap where eventually you're having seasons X well, start. The, the in definite September truth is and it's weird. the definite truth is we will not be taking breaks in between seasons. We won't be. There's nothing big happening. <laughs> well. Yet, yet, yeah. You know. if, if if we get enough people listening, and uh, something happens that I need to go and do something like a giveaway, or a, I mean, or a change of pace, we'll do that. It is hurricane but... season. Technically, we could have a Sharknado happen. Yeah, we're far enough. We're in twenty. <laughs> we're in twenty twenty. We could have a Sharknado happen out of the kitchen sink if somebody trips on a light bulb or something. The, the worst that's going to happen, let's be honest, is the sharks are going to run out of oxygen, and we'll have a a fetid corpse made out. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound better, but at least the fetid corpse aren't biting us. But they stink and they carry disease. So we have a big. We have a you bigger plan. Yard. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I mean, we'll de depending on how quickly they move, you could just have like a great seafood, you know, thing going on in the backyard. This is true. You ever actually, actually had grilled uh, shark? I've had it once. I have. I, I lived off the Gulf of Mexico for a year. Actually, one thing I've never had. I lived off the Gulf of Mexico. Random. If it's seafood that you can get fresh from the Gulf, I've had it. And believe me, shark is amazing. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, this episode, we talked about cooking. We talked about not being that guy. We talked about some board games and some video games. And we talked about how much right now we hate Magic the Gathering. But we love playing against him because we got to knock him off his pedestal. Next time that I'm not on the uh, on the podcast, just just know they did something. They did something. I do have a dungeon. 
and a story for you off air. <laughs> okay. Uh, our music was uh, given to us, uh, provided to us by Kevin McLeod at, at Competech.com. Uh, Faster does it in Dark's Land. He did not give it to us. He still has the rights, but it's common, uh, common. I don't remember, the distribution is 3.0. <laughs> With attribution. Uh, we're happy to use it, happy to enjoy it, and... Enjoy this funky tune as we lead our way out of this. Uh... It's already been going by five seconds at this point. I don't care. Yeah, I want to sing along. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.